What is up, you bunch of geriatric gerbils? We're back, post-show number 90. We're here, reunited. Um, I can't believe we're already at 90. 10 away from 100. It's crazy that we're probably over 100 when you think about all the My Hero Academia podcasts we did. Because <laughs> that was a good idea. And also the Attack on Titan podcasts, obviously. The inception of the show. Um, this is a really fun one today. Uh, brought to you by the comic book shop on Bank Street at 128 Bank Street in Ottawa. You can find them at thecomicbookshop.com or comicbookshopbank on Instagram. They spell shop, S-H-O-P-P-E. They've got, obviously, comic books. They've got manga, anime figurines. They've got Gundam build kits. They've got superhero stuff, plushies. They've got They've got all this stuff. If you're listening to this, chances are you will find something that you like over there. So check them out. Thank you for your support over at the comic book shop on Bank Street. We really appreciate it. Okay, what do we talk this week? Two huge episodes of Jujutsu Kaisen, season two, episodes three and four. These are like the biggest episodes of the season so far. And maybe like in general, as a fan who hasn't read the manga, we were very excited to talk about these two. So, and it kind of works out because they're kind of a really great pairing. Um, so excited for that. We talk ZOM 100, episodes 3 and 4. Um, we cover the news, lots of fun stuff there. Um, and then we finish with Mushiko Tensei, episodes 3 and 4. Very specific arc over there right now. Then we talk The Bear, season 2. I just started, but Grant gives a very non-spoilery, high-level review. Then uh, Shoes on the Other Foot for Summertime Rendering, because I finished and give a non-spoilery review, and Grant talks about his current thoughts. He's a few episodes behind then he wraps up the episode with Godzilla, Singular Point, the anime on Netflix, I believe. Boom. Man, nailed the intro. Probably on my first take. We'll see. Okay, over to you. Music intro. Oh, hey there, Grant. Hey, Dave. How is your Kennergy this evening? It's quite good, quite good, and you? I'm swell, dude. I am enough. I just need to tell myself that. It's good. Eh? <laughs> um, oh man, I'm good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, yeah. Back here with a dance partner. Had a little solo episode last week. Um, yeah, well, you kept in time with the rhythm there. It was a good one. Yeah, I mean, I know you didn't listen to it, but that's fine. No, uh, I totally did not. <laughs> no, but you haven't seen the movies yet either. Um, yeah. Do you know when you're going to see Oppenheimer? Um, the plan is this weekend um, nice. at some point. So it'll be soon, sooner than later. Maybe Barbie this week and then uh, within the week, I mean, and then mm-hmm. uh, Oppenheimer on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I was telling gotta you. Got to see him in theater. Yeah, I was telling you over the weekend. Uh, definitely both worth seeing uh, in the theater. Um, okay, we're, we're like two episodes behind on, you know, one or two things. So we're going to mm. kind of review things as a pair this week. I mean, really in particular, like Jujutsu Kaisen episodes three and four of season two. There's your spoiler warning. Like, it kind of works because those episodes are kind of like a really good pairing. Sure. Um, so why don't we start there? What did you think of, uh, episodes three and four? Damn, dude, Gojo has ascended to <laughs> the ascension of Gojo. No, they're really, really good. Um, there's, again, a lot to unpack, you know, like it's, it, you know, as so you much. said, like a pairing is, is pretty dead on, but, um, you know, there's like big three in this episode, right? Like there's so much to cover specifically between Toji and Ghetto and Gojo. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess we'll talk about, uh, you know, two episodes, episode three, that showdown with like Gojo and Toji, I guess the first fight with Gojo and Deji, you know, kind yeah. of as they're going into, you know, the, the plasma vessel or into a, ten, or is it Tengen? Tengen yeah. Sama? Yeah. Yeah. They're going into Tengen's realm underneath the school. Sorry. I guess as they enter the gates of like, Jitsu oh yeah. High. Also, they must have a magnificent contractor because like there's not much time between like this and like you know where we are in the in the main story. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Just they do. It, it's funny because you know we had talked about this weekend, but there was like a lot of like internet chatter of like the laziness in the animation in this fight specifically. There's yeah. a, there's a, this little a couple of video essays flying around about the laziness of uh, essentially like how speed is shown on screen and how they could have like made better. I don't know about any of that. It seems a little silly and a little uh, nitpicky to me. I thought that first fight was 
fantastic you know yeah again like and yeah just to jump in on the animation thing yeah like i don't know um it's funny because i think between the two of us usually one of us will pick up on something right and we do tend to be a little nitpicky like i mean at at least i do but so upon like multiple viewings because i'm a monster and i watched i watch react channels like, I can kind of get what people are saying. Like, it looks like they're kind of strict. Toji in particular, because he's moving so fast. But, like, mm. I really don't... I absolutely did not detect that on first viewing. And it, it really seems like... Like, it seems nitpicky. I don't know. I guess you could say, like, sure, if they're shooting per for perfection. But it's, like, mm. a little slack. Like, I get it. Vocal minority, but... I, I don't think it's anywhere near bad as some of the stuff that we've seen this year or in years past. No. This episode is still, like, one of the better animated things that we'll see this season, this year. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's definitely nitpicky to me. Like, look at the animation that they did uh, in that same episode for uh, when Gojo does blue. You know what mm. I mean? There's, like, there's hand-drawing stuff. There's 3D animation all in one. There's space and impact and... Not to mention, like, how well directed that episode was. Because you were talking to me. All of them have very, very specific direction. Yeah, Very specific direction. And you were the one telling me that this is all from a new director. And uh, new mm. to directing in general, as it turns out. And, like, dude crushed it. Like, it's crazy how on the back foot Gojo was in that fight. Every... That was, like, surgical by Toji. That was, like, a legit... It was an assassination. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I really love how they laid out, you know, it, it, it wasn't like typical, um, it wasn't typical, vil- like, you know, antagonist monologuing or villain monologuing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Toji was like, you know, all that stuff was, the stuff that you would see in like a, a more tropier show, that stuff would be revealed in the moment. But we had leading up in the episode, his um, his work counterpart, essentially like his handler. He goes, yeah, no, there's a reason I'm wearing them down. There's a reason we spent this money to throw these people at yeah. them. It wasn't like, you know, it's like, aha, like in the moment, and like Gojo gets the jump on him or whatever. Like it's it's all, you know, supplanted leading up to it, right? Like it's very, very, you know, natural to the moment. So when he goes for like those kills, like all he has to say over his body is like, yeah, like I, I played you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and again, you know, we know later that's not the case and, you know, Gojo can kind of, you know, kind of came back from that. But it's even it better. Was, it's even better than that because. It's a smart villain. It's a smart villain. It doesn't insult the audience's intelligence. Like, God, remember, like, what was it? Were we talking? Demon Slayer last, uh, this, just this mm-hmm. year. Like, the uh, the flashbacks mid, like, mm. seconds before a character dies. Or, oh, I'm about to un- unlock a new breathing form. So here's a flashback two seconds before I do it. Like, just <laughs> absurdly insulting to the audience. And so, to your point, not only do they set up Toji and, like, how he builds his way up to beating Gojo in that fight, Mm. but they don't even show him that whole episode. They show him Mm. the episode before, like, talking to his handler, talking about wearing him down, like you were saying. Like, they know the audience knows who Toji is. They're not going to do the whole, hey, now that they've clocked... (laughs) You know, the lesser anime would do that. They would walk up the steps, Gojo would release his technique, then they would do a flashback to, like, Toji eating the dumplings. Yeah. And, like, recapping it before it happens. And it's like, no, you don't need that shit you know we had all these previous moments of earned tension yeah that's at a different yeah that's yeah. why you showed it in the first place you have to show it again but yeah that, that was killer dude I, I loved how brutal it was um i love like I th- go ahead sorry well it just you know and to kind of like you know to the immediate scene following when toji catches up with ghetto and you know he gets the jump and he kills um <sighs> uh i'm on her name i'm on yeah Amane. rico i'm on yeah rico yeah so like the way they played with the emotions of like playing the ed as out like you think the episode's about to fade to yeah. black and it's done and then the musical cue cuts early and then, you know just this, the gunfire and then you see her going like just such it's one of those things that like in the moment you're like oh like it was either going, it was either like they were going to win or that was going to happen yeah. and it was still it still felt surprising you know it was it was you know, not an enjoyable moment but you know it was amazing it was, rug pull though like yes. really 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 effective Didn't feel cheap. also i i read that they brought in a guy who partic- is particularly good at animating uh facial expressions for this episode oh. and a lot of it makes sense like the really fun stuff with uh gojo and rico on the beach 
Mm. Um, the glances him and Ghetto trade, and then like the big one is the scene with Rico and Ghetto talking about like, do you are you sure you want to do this? And like how yep. devastated Ghetto looks, how kind he looks when he's offering mm. his hand, like that's all really subtle stuff that a lot of animes would not get right. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I thought it was like that was an outstanding episode. And uh, and killing her was such a good choice. Like, and then it's immediately followed up with an even better episode. Like, you know yeah. the you know I love how it opens right back up. Just a reminder of like, yo, pop, she's dead. Yo, so fun fact. <laughs> so they don't pull the My Hero Academia here. I don't know if you know this, and uh, if you're listening and you didn't notice this either, check this out. Watch the end of episode three. They recap okay. it in episode four, right? Like mm-hmm. they show you her getting shot again. The they keep the audio. Everything they show you is from a new camera angle. Like, they reanimated everything. No, because you see it from Toji's perspective. Yeah, like exactly. Coming upon, yeah, so it's like his imminent moment of His like, infiltration. Of her, yeah. They even, yeah. like, we talk about the, the quote, camera in anime, but, like, watch Rico get shot in episode four. The camera falls with her to the ground. It's like... In episode four. In, yeah, yeah, in the intro, when she dies, yeah. kind of again for the second time, but, like... Uh, they completely shoot it differently. It's awesome. I don't mm. know. I I love that choice to be like, okay, we're going to keep some of this, but we're going to, like you said, shoot it from a different perspective, which is something you would do in a movie. Mm. In anime, they often just reuse the same frame and they go, hey, here's your sure. recap. You know, yeah, flashback, you know, <laughs> momentary flashback. But I just love that they jump, like, you know, Toji's lines of like, you know, like I you know took down the infamous Gojo or whatever. And I love the ghetto's like, huh. And then like, it's on. Like, there's no like... There's no like back and forth monologuing. It's just like you got my boy. Like I'm going to get you. And it was I don't know. It was, and the the animation like the the, the whole I think they called it the Rainbow Dragon. Yeah, just the way like gorgeous. The, this like the like, the slithering is the I guess the only like way I could describe yeah, the way like, it, like the movement of, of that you know like that almost like that Chinese style dragon. Yeah, was. You know, just so much and then like you know the elevation and like they're fighting across like this giant they really showed how angled in that temple was yeah and you know they're working away and at different heights and there's that moment where the you know the ghetto thinks he has the jump on toji and then toji gets the jump on him and like back like and the, forth the, the like that wood platform is falling yeah. like simultaneously as they're fighting and like the in the final moments is right as it land like it's just very again i think this is like yours and mine's new focus is like how trackable are these scenes and this was incredibly like awesome awesome hand-to-hand combat and Mm -hmm. you know the fluidity oh just beautiful stuff incredibly involved like Mm -hmm. it's one of jujitsu kaizen's strengths with its like weird power system is it all makes sense in this weird convoluted way like like a really great example is when they're on that platform that's falling and one of Ghetto's demons that he had let out at the end of the last episode, mm. but shows up mid-fight in this one. It's the one that kind of freezes them, and it's the oh, like the uh, Am I Scissor pretty? Lady. Oh, yes, oh god, yeah. that that was haunting. You are you are reminded this show can be scary. The demons mm-hmm. are frightening at times. Yeah, uh, and also just like Toji explaining what's happening before he beats it is like <laughs> this could be so silly, but like it completely works because it's so specific to how how demon and their and their curse techniques work you know what i mean or curses mm-hmm. and demons uh but yeah i don't know i i loved all of that dude that was such a fun fight this whole you know i think the show's the show as a whole and then you know this fight toji this type of character it, it's like there's a thin line of it becoming camp you know the mm. dialogue the scenario itself the way like the fight plays out like it's it's so easy for that just to not necessarily go wrong but just like go goofy you know yeah. like you know kind of play it up because we were talking to like the the voice actor for toji like he's the you know name just about any anime that he was, plays that's what he i was googling like, right before the show i knew you would know <laughs> like the archetype he just plays like so many archetype like kind of um not silly villains but really like, creepy villains you know like it's just you hear that voice and you associate it with the type of you know a, yeah. a, a character trope in anime do you know the big one i'm thinking of the first one, I think, I'm pretty sure he's like that clown dude from Hunter Hunter. Yeah, but there's a bigger one. I believe that I might be wrong. We know that we've covered on the podcast a lot, and he's a main character. He's a main character, and one of our favorites. Mm. And it's once you know, you're like, of course he is. 
Yeah, I'm drawing a blank right now. You're gonna have to fill me in. Zeke Yeager. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> oh, that is yeah. That's awesome. It makes so awesome. much sense. I, I was like, I knew he. I knew I knew him. I, I you know, I've seen like definitely a, a different range though. He definitely is hitting something different. He's doing something different. But I knew he was Dio and JoJo, and like I got through like season one of that. But even then, I was like, no, it's not Dio. I'm thinking of it's something else. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, no, I, you know, and just I really, really, that's the thing too. Like the internet, the fan, the fandom has just been kind of you know, no, exactly. Like everyone's pants have just been flying off for Toji for the past like three weeks. It's pretty funny to watch, and you know, he's clearly just a beloved character. And, like, he's the definition of, like, here for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. His presence in these four, or three, really, really three episodes. Like, we get a, you know, a yeah. split second of him in episode one. Um, it's just, like, you know, he has so much presence. It's such a good delivery of a performance, vocal performance. The character says so much with saying so little. Like, he clearly has still has so much mystery around him. Has had a um, major impact on the protagonists of the season. Cl- clearly. You know, and by the end, there's, like, this, you know... And that's the thing too. We've been talking like, what is, what strays ghetto? Like what's yeah. like truly like that turnaround? And uh, it, like it feels like it is sort of this, but it still feels like there's something we're missing. Yeah. Um, so I'm waiting for that to hit. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, man. I don't know. That was okay. That was amazing. We we got to get to the Gojo reveal mm-hmm. and rematch. But but real quick, I got a big nitpick. Is so all this happens, mm-hmm. and. Um, then Toji delivers the body, Rito's body, to the, uh, what do they call The religious star group, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones who are after her in the first place. And the president of the, like, did, were you able to understand any of that fucking nonsense? Like, Toji delivers the body, they're in this, like, room, and then this guy walks away, and he's monologuing about, like... If we have to be punished for our sins, so be it. It's like, we've talked about this sometimes, like when an anime has to do the translation and like, Mm. you can just see they're getting at a point, but you don't know what it is. And like, clearly there's something missing, either in the translation or maybe it's like sometimes an animeism or a mangaism where it's just like, guy says thing because reason. But like, I remember Sam was like, what on earth are we supposed like what am i supposed to take from that and yeah i rewound it once and i was like i i think i boiled it down to like this guy is a fucking kook and is like i think that's what we're supposed to take away from it i think and i don't think this is you know i'm not trying to get all you know high brain on it but they are they kind of have put a bit of spotlight again we'll come back to this guy specifically but i i find they kind of this whole arc of the assimilation, right? And mm. there's a bit of a spotlight on Tengen-sama and just kind of... And Rico has had that speech of, like, just, like, believe, you know? Like, it's just a thing, like, you know, like, you know, whether it's he becomes me or I become him, like, just kind of... The, there's just this theory of belief that the show hasn't really had before. Mm. So it's interesting to see, like, there's clearly these other groups of that aren't sorcerers. And, like, mm-hmm. maybe that's, like, a, a big part of their thing is they don't have powers and that bothers them. Mm-hmm. But they still have, like, a faith system that is kind of contradictory. Yeah. I'm wondering if just, like you know, the big lie that is faith, you know, again, sorry to offend anyone there, but like, you know, like we all have our stances, but I don't know. I just, I think they're just trying to hit home that everyone just wants to be in power more right. or less. And they don't want the other side to be more upper handed. And, you know, whether you take it as politics and or religion or the combination of both. So I kind of just took it at that. And like everything that was said was again, like you said, it's just kind of like babble. It's like, okay, it was, sure, yeah. you know, like you're getting your point across. But I think the overall message was pretty, I think it was teed up better earlier this season to make that more believable, what he was saying. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I just thought like the execution was like, what words? It was like, it's like, we let's get out all the 40 of these words we need to get out because we got to get Gojo on screen in like yeah, it was, 30 seconds. Yeah, it was such a weird scene, dude. I'll Maybe I'll ask on Reddit or I'll check if it's like, if it's more clearly communicated in the manga in the original translation or something, but yeah, that was painful. Um, okay, and then we have like a brief scene with the hate handler. Then Gojo comes, and it's like unreal. Yeah, is it the also, best I, fight? Sorry, go ahead. I, I was I really love the handler's line of the uh, um, uh, uh, Toji's like, hey, let's go get a meal with like the money that we just earned, and mm-hmm. uses you know, there's kind of like a pause moment. And the handler's like. I, I'll be honest, like, after this, like, 
I want to see you for work and like that's it he said something no it was like i only want to see you either at work or in hell yeah in hell that's what I, <laughs> like, yeah, just like just how despicable this dude is but yeah the fight i love 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 how they set up the hubris of toji in the end like they kind of made him like this he is so badass you know he like he's so meticulous and that but at the end of the day he saw his shot to be the big time to take out the big dog and he just couldn't help himself and that's what got him killed i i think that was the the brilliant i cannot agree more the best part is that that realization comes from toji it's his yes. inner it's his inner monologue his narration he's narrating why he lost the fight mm. and it's the most the character has talked and it's yeah. by far the most honest he's mm-hmm. been in the show poignant very Point. very poignant yeah. and it's like it all made sense. You know, you don't have to reach too far. We know a little bit about the Zenin clan. We can infer mm-hmm. some stuff. He mentions that. He, you know, the respect that he treated Gojo with when he beat him the first time, it all made sense, but it wasn't there this time. Mm-hmm. Plus, Gojo's coming off, like, I don't know, the biggest buff. He's got his ultra instinct form. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, fantastic fight. So, you know, like, he figures out, you know, negative or he figures out negative curse techniques to heal himself he gets reversal red he gets purple Mm. it all looks great we get all that Mm -hmm. and then in the post credits ghetto doesn't even recognize him almost like the his eyes are literally different right Mm -hmm. so do you do you think like i mean and toji said he was the newly awakened Mm. kind of six eyes or limitless holder like do you think he's literally got her legit buff as a result of this and like is this maybe why he ends up having to cover his eyes well there's this could very well be but there's there was a moment in season one you i think it was early on oh yeah so it's it's when nobara and yuji meet and gojo kind of sends him on a mission Mm -hmm. and there's more or less i can't remember if it's megami and gojo talking or if gojo was trying to explain to itadori why they were there but it was like sometimes like these power boosts i think maybe towards the end of the episode like in with sorcerers a lot of the time it's not like gradual power it's like often these awakened moments oh okay and often like the crazier the person like the bigger the awakening yeah. and, and and he's like i see that in you in, in you know in nobara more or less along those lines i went back and i rewatched that episode just kind of those because someone mentioned it on uh, on reddit and i was like oh i don't remember that at all so i went back and i watched that episode and i was like oh yeah like he's he kind of mm. explains some some of that so toji and then just what, what toji inferred this episode it kind of shows that like you know with along the black flash stuff too like there's just these moments where like you just hit a moment yeah. and then there's no going back from that point yeah. like you just continue to escalate and get you know stronger more powerful um so, so i think literally like he has changed like i'm sure yeah. it was all there but it's just you know how yeah. do you he was you able know. to tap into it in a really intense way the line by toji saying he's high coupled with like the shot of him in that moment i'm sure that'll end up on our instagram but like Mm. um and how yeah kind of maniacal he was acting floating and kind of like very carefree and like well didn't gojo even say like there's no one on this planet that can stop like no did he like there's he's like the being you know he and when he says it it's in quotes which is interesting to me like in the Mm. subs they quote it but the quote is throughout heaven and earth i alone am the honor him the honored one he's <laughs> like damn dude. Yeah, dude and then he proceeds to fucking end life so yeah like fair enough well it's it's interesting because we've already seen kind of like how brash he is in season yeah. one and he shows like how you know he, he clearly knows how good he is and he holds yeah. that over others and, and various points to you know negative and positive you know intentions but to see like how you know brash he was as a you know a younger adult and then this awakening too it's like he really is eating like you know he is getting high on his own supply like truly but like no one can stop him right yeah going forward we have not seen him even like sweat break a sweat yeah i mean that was a major narrative like his ego in the first episode of the whole show Mm. of of this prequel rather this season um and yeah now it's only more but so okay let's move forward with ghetto and and go probably the most important eventual. scene of the episode yeah well, it's I, the post credits which the yeah. first time dude i don't even know which is absurd <laughs> you were saying that yeah i'm so mad about that but so is it fair to say like you mentioned at the top 
what happened to Rico, I think, has clearly fucked them mm. up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it's funny. It's almost surprising to me that it has messed them up because they went to get her in the first place. They were kind of following orders. But then the reveal this episode, or no, at the end of three, mm-hmm. is that they had kind of talked about it. And it feels like they were very much ready to save her life. And yeah. it's like the fact that they would try and fail like was never a possibility to them because mm. they wouldn't they have been very like we are the strongest this episode period. too they ghetto straight up says like you know congratulate i think he says, there's like a long i think it's tatoji's says long lines of like how does it feel like you know squaring off with the two strongest sorcerers in yeah. history or alive or something like that and, and then they like, get annihilated it. and yeah. i think the shock of taking such an l and like yeah like they let an innocent person die Mm. I is is that I don't know if that's what causes them to separate, but it clearly fucked them up, right? Is that uh, something we take? I think it definitely, you know, emotionally has affected them severely. Yeah, but it's interesting because that post credit scene is definitely worth rewatching because it it feels like Gojo is the one to kick off of like, should we kill them? And Ghetto's like, no, that's not, you know, there's 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 no point point to that. But it's like he has that additional moment alone by himself of like, it's like he's really thinking on it. It's like he's now for the first time not thinking with Gojo. Yeah. He's having like a thought of his own. It seems like and, Gojo's you know, so angry, but also detached <clears throat> from reality. Mm-hmm. And Ghetto's still on Earth. He's still, still there. But then the, the animation was beautiful, by the way. It makes it look like the floor is opening up underneath him, mm-hmm. which is like, just like chef's kiss like yeah. such a cool choice also the choice of lighting them in different colors walking away from one another like mm-hmm. our direction just stellar i don't know so i think it's fair to say we've got one more episode right yep and then a couple of weeks off yeah you know one thing that's also noteworthy that i missed the first time around is when ghetto's knocked out toji is uh boasting and he says keep in mind it was someone with cursed energy it was a mm. worthless monkey like me who who beat all of you. Mm. And the word worthless monkey is what Gejo or Get, Ghetto continues to spout in the movie. That's what he calls humans the entire yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There, oh, also, did I tell you this over the weekend? Uh, in the movie, Ghetto's wearing uh, Toji's cursed spirit. Yeah. I which love I, that. yeah and then we get the moment where it's going up and it's like mommy yeah <laughs> also i do i like the justification of why toji didn't kill ghetto totally like, worked totally worked I, like i have no idea what's gonna happen if i kill you <laughs> like just the the unknown was A, enough for him to back off a lesser anime would say some lame shit like no you're not live with this defeat yeah. <laughs> it's like fuck off it's like, like i'm ready needs... for the rematch no it's like dude i'm actually scared of what would happen what would come out of yeah here. i don't know what, i don't know what you got in there yeah and as we know in zero he's got a lot tucked away in him, yeah so. he he's fucking awesome he's such a fun character in zero he bluffs mm-hmm. about having two thousand it what ends up being over four thousand <laughs> i yeah. remember that like fuck man this guy really he had it huh mm-hmm okay um god all right that's 26 minutes in for show done yeah dude those are two two of the biggest episodes no, the they're huge weeks. i'm really excited for the finale yeah um zom 100 i don't remember a ton about episode three but i loved this episode this week the oh the trapped in the basement of the mall episode um episode yeah. three would have been where he meets his buddy again he reaches oh, his buddy the dude in the love hotel across the street <laughs> yeah. that you know what like there's not a whole lot to say that we haven't already said about this show so far it's just it's consistently doing the same not the same thing every week but it is keeping up the caliber every week i am continue to be interested in you know in these carrot characters carrots um carrots um and you know the cast is slowly getting a little bigger yeah. i enjoy everyone so far um I do love with the most recent episode, there seems to be like a little more focus. Like there was just the idea, the general list of like, oh, this could have been a show about checking off our, you know, our 100 list there. And like, mm-hmm. it's funny adventures every week. But you can see like, he's like, oh, like maybe I should like focus in on like what I really wanted yeah. with my life. And, you know, prior to like these three years of, you know, the work culture and all that. So it's it, like, it's good. And the show is so beautiful. So beautifully animated. Like... Yeah, dude, the uh, cons- like how consistent they are with this level of animation is really impressive. I, I will say, I mean, 
uh number one i don't love that it was delayed a day like that made me nervous but yeah dude yeah i take production issues but one day isn't bad yeah um but so this is one of my favorite episodes of the whole season i mean all four episodes they've done but i just thought that um the comedy actually really hit mm. really really well in the first half and i was waiting for the shoe to drop i was like they they tend to get dark and i was like i hope they do because this is a really dark show <laughs> the light stuff works shockingly well like i have a hard time sometimes laughing at anime i know mm-hmm. a lot of people like only like comedies but it doesn't always translate for me but i was like i, I thought this was hilarious the first half and i, I want to say more importantly there's like a ton of like teeny not teeny like probably I don't know, just immature, flirty romance angles in mm. this episode. And like little, I would say 99% of it has zero fan service and it all sure. hits. Yep. It's like a whole, the world is over and like I want to get to know someone kind of a angle. And like, yeah, there's like jokes and shit, but like it never resorts to just like cheap fan service. Agreed. There is like a nude-ish moment, but again, it's like it kind of makes sense. with Context. The it's like there, what we were talking about. Context. Weeks, it's, it's context for the fan service, which again, some people would still argue with, but at least they're trying to fill in the story for it, like what is happening. Exactly, it made sense, and uh, I don't know. I love that. Like I, I really, really thought that it hit, and then I, of course, I love that they went dark with the ending. I was like, fuck yeah! Like these people <laughs> better not loop, make it out, huh? They loop back so well. Like by the end of the episode, I forgot the whole goal of them being there was to get a widescreen TV. <sighs> And when he cuts back and his buddy, you can tell he's like holding something. And before you even know what he's holding, he's like, yeah, uh, you know, uh, Mika's a zombie. Like, we got to go. But like, look what I got. And you can see her like shuffling in the background. Yeah. And he's kidding. Like, it's like they, they focus on like the bad thing that clearly just happened. But like, but I got the TV. And and they, they also continued the bit this episode of everyone is distraught except yes. for Akira. Yeah. And then like it kind of like works its way into his buddy there. But mm-hmm. like... Yeah, like, everyone's like, wait, why are you fucking chipper? Like, we're gonna die. This is awful. And he's like, what are we talking... I mean, I'm just here to get a TV, man. <laughs> I'm, here to meet a, I'm here to meet a flight attendant. I love I love the moment where they realize they think they're whining and dining, and there's flight attendants at the same time. It's yeah. like, two, like, the two-for-one face they make is, is just like, brilliant. like, yo! And I think, I think the best... Again, like, sight gags are a little hard in the show, because, like, yeah. like you said, they don't always come through but in the beginning of the episode wait, what's the buddy's name again i'm blanking I always on forget always forget Sorry. so he's he's busting akira's balls of like dude like you like could not like pick someone if you tried kind of thing and then there's the moment where his buddy's clearly like gonna hook up with the one girl yeah and he looks and when he realizes he's being abandoned and the smile that his buddy makes like yeah. i burst out laughing i was I like know. nothing had to be said it was just all facial reactions and yeah it landed perfectly but, this is uh, a it's a really really fun show this is one of those shows where you could recommend it to someone who hasn't watched anime. Like, yeah, yeah like, it's a fun, creative take on uh, the apocalypse, but it's funny. Everyone's like, or zombie apocalypse, and everyone thinks they've had enough of that. And I, I was, like, not interested at all when you mentioned it or when I saw a poster or something. But again, it's all in the execution, right? Absolutely. It's a fresh take, it's funny, it's light, it's dark, and then it's... It's on Netflix. Like, it's everyone... I know, it's everyone awesome. Everyone has access to this, and it's... Again, I don't really know how, like, their splash pages work, if they're hyper-focused on, like, what your interests are, or if they just, like, they're promoting things. But mm. ZOM 100 is, like, every other, pretty much, splash page. It's that for me. And I'm not yeah. even watching it on there, so maybe that's why they're trying to push it. But Yeah, uh, I think I told you, too. I think Vivian said, like, they're already working on a live-action adaptation. Because mm. those tend to work out really well for them, so. Yes. Yeah, um, see, I would actually watch that. I'd be curious to see what they do differently. Same here, I'll be curious. Um, okay, let's talk some news. Mm. So, Adult Swim has ordered uh, Lazarus. It's a new animated series by Cowboy Bebop, the director of Cowboy Bebop. Um, and there's a new trailer out for it. Have you seen the trailer? Um, no, I've seen some, I watched some stills, uh, but, uh, it's, it's funny, man. Like everyone who worked on Cowboy Bebop, they're always like on the poster. It's like from mm. one of the animators of Cowboy Bebop yep. or from the director of Cowboy or the writer of Cowboy Bebop. Like that, just that show. Just this like is a map of joint too. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Shocker. So, um, yeah. Shocker. <laughs> we're at that point. Like yeah. Disney bought Fox, right? Yeah. And it's like, they own like, it's like 40% of uh the uh box office 
historically, like mm. since they bought Fox. And it, it just feels that way with Mappa right now. Like they're just eating everything up. Not everything, mm. but like sometimes it feels like, you know, two out of five, three out of five things are, are Mappa. I'm not complaining, but you know. But the tra- anyway, so that aside, the trailer looks really good. I think we yeah. should watch it. Um, right on. Oh, I'm sure we will. If it's an adult swim, I think they have a deal with uh, Crunchyroll, so it should nice. be up on Crunchyroll. Cool. Uh, Near Automata is returning in 2024 for a second core after a multi-month uh, delay of the uh, first core. The last four episodes have dropped. They oh. all came out. Two-hour block came out all at the same time. When was that? Um, uh, well, about, it's been a couple weeks now. <sighs> they, yeah, I don't know. Arch they really kick themselves in the dick with that with those delays, man. Yeah, well, like yeah, it, it makes you wonder why. I think the second core dropping in 2024 is probably, you know, gives them uh, a pretty big window to catch up on all that. Because I don't think they want to repeat this. Because this is probably horrible. This Financially, this must be very hard for a studio. Yeah, and it's like, I know you weren't super on it because you play the game and all mm-hmm. that. But it's like, for people who hadn't, and this was all brand new to, it's like it's cool the story. momentum. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... I, I loved it. Like, I, I don't know about love, but I was genuinely enjoying it. I thought the pilot was the weakest episode. And everything but after that was far, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And then you're getting it, you're feeling it, you're feeling it, month-long delay. You get one more, and then, like, what, two months? Like, it was, it's been, like, so mishandled with the release schedule. So that's that's a bummer. Um, okay, but speaking about uh, release dates, Dune Part 2 um, is being considered to move to 2024 which blows mm. um, amid the the writers and actors strike. And then I'll just mention the second one as well. You told me over the weekend, Spider-Verse 3 um, has been removed from the 2024 release schedule entirely amid the mm-hmm. strike. Um, so, yeah. I will, so on that, I find that interesting because there has been some pretty heavy press on uh, the Spider-Verse team and like the, like the forced overtime, the unpaid work, uh, there's been a bit of a, a, a bright light shone on like the animation studios and all that involved with that. Um, so I wonder if that's, you know, yes, like we're using the guys of the strike and all that, but I would not be surprised if there's more like we need to maybe not work our people a little hard and kind of tuck, tuck that away a little bit. So, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. It is, it's a bummer to see, but when it comes to Spider-Verse, like let those people rest and, you know, not kill themselves making, making the movie. So, Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it, yeah, it seems like they were really at it for a long time, and yeah. yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Sorry. Did you see Donald Donald Glover and his brother are going to be running the new uh, Lando series? Yeah. Um, he was Lando in what? Uh, the solo, solo movie. And he's yeah. only appeared as Lando in that, right? I believe so. Okay, and it was his performance and like the character, like was it good? I I really liked. Solo. I think it's a good movie. I think it catches like way more flack than it deserves. Yeah. Um, you know, great set pieces. Actually, like doing something with, you know, existing universe Star Wars stuff. But they tried like a lot of new stuff and newer characters, and they had fun fan service. You know, introducing, you know, linking this and that, whatnot. Yeah. But I, I thought it was really fun. Donald Glover is charismatic as all fuck. Yeah. So like. I could, I could watch him on the screen for just about anything. So Good point. he was great as Lando. He he definitely had like the uh, kind of like the smarminess of Lando. You know, just kind of like that. There's just that little bit of mm, this guy's going to backstab me probably. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, Donald Glover just like as a creative entity, pretty impressive. Mm. So hard to. I was about to say hard to see him doing wrong here, but I don't know, man. It is Star Wars. It is Disney. They have greenlit mm. some things that are not great. So. I don't know. Sure. It just feels like Star Wars in a weird place, right? We've got a lot of things in development. We've got a lot of bricks and no building. Like, I just don't know what's going to happen, but I'll keep an eye out. And Yeah. Um, last piece of news is Barbenheimer continues to uh, dominate the box office. Reminder, our last episode last week, it's just me. I give, like, a relatively thorough review that is non-spoilery, like, in terms of plot for both. But I give my thoughts on both movies, but... Grant, do you know? Do you want? Do you know what Barbie's at worldwide right now? You can uh, guess, but... I can't remember if it was yesterday or if it was today. I saw the headline, but I believe seventy-five or seven hundred fifty million, up to seven ninety-five. What? It's gonna hit eight hundred million dollars. It might hit a billion. I mean, I don't know. I, hmm. I don't know about how the momentum works and all that, but pretty. Nuts. I was reading. 
and I heard on some podcasts that like they've been doing for both Barbie and Oppenheimer because there's so much demand on like in the major cities they're doing like 6 a.m screenings i heard that too that is fucking nuts and i love it yeah i love that's that. packed 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 theaters you know um okay and then oppenheimer's numbers 412 million so ways behind barbie mm. but i think i mean that budget of 100 million it is it's in the green already that's and that's it? fucking fantastic it's a hit it was only a hundred million dollars to make Oppenheimer. Yeah, I, now that doesn't. I don't think that accounts for the marketing budget. That's just production costs. But yeah, but uh, I mean, innovation you... costs two hundred and twelve. So I don't know about that. Say <laughs> but, that again, sorry. <laughs> well, you know, a lot. You know, another some other headlines going around is like that Marvel's uh, Secret Invasion cost two hundred and twelve million dollars to make six episodes. Oh right. My God. Think about that. Think that about that. Look at you. I can see you on screen now. You're wincing. You're wincing right now. That's how, like, it just goes to show, like, the value of a dollar in different people's hands. Yeah, because I think they made, uh, I don't want to get this wrong, and I'm not going to Google it right now either, but I think they had a combined budget of something like $150 million for Infinity War and Endgame. Or it might have been a piece. But I know mm-hmm. that RDJ was slated to make about that because he got a cut of the gate for the last two movies. He's Whoa. literally set for life. He probably worked for scale on Oppenheimer because he's made over on just those two. He's he probably made over a hundred million, which is fucking nuts. Um, just wants to make movies. <laughs> just wants to make movies. Hey, good for him, man. God, it's unreal. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He still haven't seen it yet. I'm curious no, no. about your Soon, thoughts don't on worry. his uh, don't performance. Worry. No, no, it's good. Um, shit, I was gonna say something about uh, box office Oppenheimer Barbie. Oh, no, Grant. I wonder what Tenant did in the middle of COVID. I wonder what kind of numbers it did. Got box office mojo in front of you? Yeah, I got it here. Um, but keep in mind, wasn't he fucking furious about Tenant because um, they moved it to at home pretty quick? VOD, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually, just curious, like, in comparison. Actually better like... than I thought. Whoa, this makes weird. This is a weird thing. Barbie, okay, so for your reference, Barbie's um, domestic is about 45% of its uh revenue oh, and then yeah. like 55 percent uh international. international oppenheimer's almost the exact same tenant 16 mm. percent domestic 84 percent international i guess that's just the COVID effect i don't know sure uh but for a total of 365 million worldwide so actually mm. not as bad as i thought probably mm. was profitable i'm guessing the other interesting Actually, thing that too movie... about Barbie, to no one's surprise, yeah, sorry, is go ahead. like it's getting banned in a lot of countries too. So like I'm sure, you know, but again, like a lot those countries tend to ban movies all the time. Yeah, yeah. But it just you know you can feel like the, this Barbie wave of like crushing. You know, like it's it's good to see. Everyone yeah, seems to be very happy with the project, like fans and people involved. So yeah, I mean, you was it you told me they spent more on marketing than they did uh, on the movie. Mm. It makes a lot. Of sense. Or no, you, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's, uh... it's very interesting because I know I've, I've read that now Mattel wants to like license out a lot of their IP. Oh, I just remember what I was going to say. But anyway, uh, Mattel licensing out their IP to do like a Barbie universe, I think ironically is definitely not what Greta Gerwig meant to kick off. Because you could no. you, you well, see them, maybe, yeah. maybe not. But I think when you watch that movie, it's not, it's not a yay Barbie movie. You know what I mean? Like it's an artistic sure. kind of nuanced take. Um, what I was going to say about Barbie or Barmenheimer and the box office, and you were saying like theaters opening early and all that shit, is how it's not funny to me, but how interesting is it that the franchise film is what gets the shit kicked out of it as a result? Mission Impossible is the one taking the L right now, which is like mm. backwards. And I'm like totally good with that, but it is kind of fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Just not, it completely in the opposite direction of where, how we've been trending the last decade. It was something like the opening weekend. It's not like a 17% drop with the Oppenheimer opening weekend in Barbie release. So it's it's a big drop for, like guess, its second weekend. Yeah. Because it had a week to itself, I believe. Yeah. Or two weeks until uh, Oppenheimer came. Some, one or two. But, uh, yeah. It sucks. Poor Tom. Yeah. I still got to see that, too. He's fine. He's got Hurts the... Hurts quite good. Uh, blood of the infants in him, keeping him going. He'll make 20 more of those. Um... Okay, we should, go, yeah, we should go Tensei, <laughs> uh, season two, episode four. Um, the ED arc, 
Huh? Yeah. It, it, straight up brought up in the show. I thought, you know, I was Jeff Thu was I was laughing my ass off this weekend. Uh, Jeff Thu, Mother's Basement, made a tweet. You know, loving this erectile dysfunction arc so far. And I didn't watch the episode yet. And then I saw that. I laughed out loud. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, they're just straight up talking about it. Not my favorite episodes of anime. I will say that up front. But um, it's uh, it's just kind of like what we don't like yeah. with, you know, uh, just like little, you know, little trinkets of what like what we love. And, you know, the yeah. advancing of the story. And I think they waited far too long to get to... Uh, the reveal that he's been invited to the school and you get the god guy back. I don't know. Not bad episodes, just, you know, not not for us episodes, I think. Yeah, it's weird. Um, it, it's, it's weird. Like, you're right. Usually it's the other way around. Usually it's like 80% mm-hmm. this show is amazing and then like 20%, you know, Even like... Even 70-30. Yeah, like, what are we doing here type shit. But like, mm. like the first note I wrote before we got... And, like, so deep into this ridiculous arc was... The first note I put was, like... Because they go back to the fucking panty shrine. And I was, like, try... (laughs) The the thing I put in my notes is, like, if you're, like, a diehard fan and you support this, like, try telling a stranger who watches this scene, explain it to them about how it works in the narrative and how it's actually deep. Because there are, like, people out here, like, defending this shit. And it's, like... I'm all for being challenged, but give me a fucking break. You know what I mean? Like, just give me a break. (laughs) Like, this whole... Dude, like, they do a whole montage on... I'm going to get this name right. Ellen Elise's... Ellen Elise? The... The elf? Yeah. Ellen Elise and her sexuality and her intense sexual Mm. appetite. It's like, like... Give me a break. Just amidst the ED arc, it was it was just too much. It was like, mm-hmm. guys, give me a break. A little on say, the nose. A little on the nose. It is so much. Like it is, it's it's it feels ridiculous. Um, apart from that, I love Rudius beefing up, getting a training. You know, some time passing. I love him soloing a fucking dragon. Um, That's cool. Getting invited to the Effort, university. Effortlessly, effortlessly slaying the dragon I thought was a really nice touch. Yeah. Like Shows I, how much he was like reserved, like kind of holding himself back because he was depressed or whatever. Yeah. But like the rest of that, you know, it, it works. Like, I like that he made friends. He made a name for himself. We're curious about who we're going to find and when. He continues to reiterate his priority of locating his family and all that. Like, I'm good with that. Very subtle time skip reference they yeah it's been two years between episodes three and four which again i was like i never would have guessed based on just how he looks um i do know that like the the man god was like you think muscles is like making you change (laughs) he's like called big and fun he's like that's not doing anything for you like your magic is getting stagnant yeah he he literally belittles him the first time he reappears that that was interesting and he literally also tells him what to do he's like go Mm. here now so, but he's, he did that previously. He straight up said, like, do this. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Uh, I'm very curious to find how all this goes um, and, like, what happens. I'm bummed that there's a break, that there's a second core. Because when we got to watch this the first time, we didn't have to wait because both cores were already out. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you had the same thought. as Maybe not. But when this episode ended, and, again, I love how there's, like, there's no traditional OP in ed in the show it's just yeah it plays yeah. narrative like you see the story continue to play out through both and as they were introducing like you know this new next arc in the ed of like the characters we're probably gonna meet at this school you know a couple of faces we've seen a couple of new fa- or new faces and a couple of familiar faces after this episode with the elf all all i could think of is is this just gonna be fucking like van wilder like you know what i mean is this just gonna be like a horny Man. college school arc and yeah. like it's you know you know what i mean so it's i don't know it's the uh, thing with this show is like it very well might be because like yeah. they, they really do do what they want mm. like for better and for worse so yeah that's a good point like i have no idea what to to expect but like this show is really good at relocating like changing environments mm-hmm. they we've been so many places that's again why i think a lot of people us included have said like this feels like an rpg sometimes feels like a real lived in fantasy world like they reference oh like the people in that place like you know they're legendary for this and it's like i believe it like i bet you yeah. word travels in this land right and, the you know, world it's... building is yeah 
really strong but yeah we had to look for it in these last two so Mm -hmm. not my favorite but like clearly it's still gonna watch it still a fan yeah um okay the bear season two so i'll tee you up here grant we i saw grant on the weekend he was talking about the bear season two because he's finished it already Mm -hmm. um you know it was kind of behind a wall for us here so everything got put to disney plus all at once and i'm two episodes in Mm. grant's finished and he's gonna give me his take without spoilers of course um on on season two and then i'm sure we'll talk about it again you know whenever i uh wrap wrap up and we could talk spoilers and all that probably in a week or two but uh how do you feel uh dave i loved it um both liana liana and i loved it um you know we were big fans of season one it was (laughs) it was funny because season one was a very it came to us at a very uh special time in our lives you know Mm. we had uh you know 2 a.m 3 a.m wake up calls from the baby and we'd just be delirious like hey there's a new episode of the bear you want to watch that <laughs> you know? and like, but like you know we both worked in kitchens you know it, you know her majority of her adult life and me for a long time at you mm-hmm. know, bars and restaurants as well and it was just such like a you know a just a show of continuous deep cuts and references to like that life and like yeah. the people in those environments and how you know like there is archetypes that are in a kitchen, you know, front of house and back of house. It was just, you know, it's just a very fun, it was like accurate with, and it wasn't like douchey, you know, how these cooking shows can be. I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves is like, you know, the, the way, uh, the way cooks can just be, uh, idolized in such a weird way oh, yeah. all the time. Like, like they're kind of just like douchebags in real life. Like, these you know, are hard shows to make, like to very, very, but it does it very genuinely and accurately and it doesn't like make one personality type more important than the other like there's all you know again it's like an ecosystem you know like the louder people are there the quieter anyways just a very very cool show and and i can again just based on my history i can feel the authenticity in it and um so that was season one the reason i love season two so much is you know you hear a lot of the time with shows of like yeah it was like season one but different you know and it's like but what was different like what they did was they took the general and like very important topics of season one it's still a show about a restaurant but like that's not what it, it's really about you yeah. know it's about these people and like you know that kind of sounds like oh that's been done before but like yeah they they really tackled some serious things and kind of show like what makes people tick and they just they just didn't redo season one at all which i love everything felt fresh you know the there's continued storylines but it wasn't just like one-to-one like they really dove into these characters and um god like leanne and i just like every week like i just want to give sydney a hug you know like like you yeah. know like that's our girl <laughs> like you know like yeah we're, we're always cheering for her strong and, character you know and every week it's like carmen like what do you do you know like just every but again it was we watched it was all on there but no dude i we we absolutely what, what did you guys think of the uh the first two so uh you said to me on the weekend like great show Mm-hmm. not quite it's not the same as season one and i think no. like i i'm two episodes in i definitely get where you're coming from so i think a lot of the strength strengths of the show are still there um but yeah like it is clear that they are focusing more on character and relationship mm-hmm. like it's and i i'll be honest i don't know which approach I like more, more S1 or S2, but it is quite early in season two. But I think the big difference I would say, and this I know is an incomplete take because I'm only two in, is it seemed like in season one, it was 80% chaos. Mm. And it was so much chaos that they would show you these people rising to the occasion and then occasionally unraveling. And then like when you least expect it, they would sneak in some real shit. You know what Mm. I mean? Like when the audience was like disarmed Mm. and like exhausted from the blistering pace that the show was putting on you. Um, This is much more upfront about like chillax for a second. We're going to have a deep conversation and like, I think I, I like it when they hide it a little bit. This is like very direct. Hey, like we're going to have like a meaningful dialogue about, uh, you know, insert serious topic here or, or whatever it ends up being. But, um, but it, it does, I think it works because the show is structured so well, like that can come across bad. I think 
and like eight out of ten shows can't really pull it off like the writing won't be as solid the performances won't be as great it won't be shot properly but like i think everyone on the working on the bear has like such a high bar that like it still works i just don't know if it works as well for me but but it's early, I, super early. i think I, I so when you when you say that like that you know the diff, what you see the differences so far i couldn't agree more because you know and it might be it might be episode the coming episode there's kind of like a hey gang uh we have a goal here and so like the chaos is still present but everyone is kind of aware that like we can't fuck up yeah so you can see like it feels genuine that people are trying or they're like you know they are kind of dialed into what they're doing so it's you know it feels more like a working kitchen yeah versus like a bunch of ragtag people in like a you know like a little you know, like a hole in the wall, like right, because like it's the whole the difference of the. Yeah, you know, again, I don't want to get into it, but you, you do feel like the focus on the goal of less chaos is because the characters are trying to have less chaos. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, I think as you get the big picture, it'll it'll kind of fill itself in a little more. But uh, you said there's a big cameo. That person is here yet, right? Okay. No, there's a, there's a handful of very big cameos. One I know you're gonna love. Uh, actually, good. a couple I know you're gonna really like, but there was one. Just had no clue, and uh, was I think I've somehow not been spoiled yet, so I'll take it. I had one, I had one, and Leanna like Leanna's like, yeah, I know them all, and I'm like, really? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you're gonna love some of them, and nice, yeah, yeah. all so right, it's... cool. Uh, anyway. When you might, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're probably like I, you know, it's a good show, and I the vibe I'm getting is that this is like gonna be like one per night until we're done. How many episodes are there? Eight, there's ten. 10? Oh, there's yeah. more than season. yeah, so yeah. A week or two tops, maybe. There is a there is one that's an hour long. Oh, uh, presumably the finale or like nope. a random one. Not Ooh. the finale. Yeah, interesting. I like Probably that. the biggest episode of the season. Holy shit! Wow, yeah. I like that. Taking swings, man. You get you get to do that shit when you're fucking hit show. Like, man, you didn't watch it in real time, but like. USA Networks when they got Mr. Robot, like when they mm. put that on the air, there were ads and everything. And then, like, towards the end, they're just like, hey, we need to not have any advertisements for the show now because mm-hmm. we can't afford the runtime. Yeah. And the network was like, okay, like, you're the hit show. You get to do what you want. It's like Game of Thrones gets to have, like, 80-minute episodes every night. You know what I mean? Like, you just get yeah. to do what you want to do when you're the hit fucking show, and that's pretty Yeah, cool. when you're bringing in the money, you can make some, make some calls. Yeah. Okay, uh, reverse Uno card. Let's talk about summertime rendering. Let's do it. I finished, but you're not. So I got it. I got a handful left. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do this in reverse. You're around like what episode eighteen or something? Eighteen. Okay. So I just wrapped up. Um, there's so many things I want to watch. Um, not even, and I think most of them, to be honest, dude, are like older shows. Like, I think there's this one called Terror and Resonance. I want to try. Oh, that's familiar. Um, Steins Gate. You know, like all these shows. Like I just never classics got a chance that hajime no ipo the boxing one like there's just all these great ones and i was like i cannot leave a like objectively good show a current 75 percent current good show like unfinished just because like i don't you know what i mean like it's summertime running is clearly a good show we know that anyone who watches it knows that so i was like all right let's fucking let's watch this so i like i dummied it what was left of it in a week and my non-spoiler review is absolutely one of the strongest of the year mm. beyond the shadow of a doubt we talked about it on the weekend but clearly what has hurt them is the disney jail thing like if this was airing <laughs> as a know. summer or a spring anime like one of the biggest fucking shows on the planet biggest show absolutely yeah. anime in the anime sure, yeah yeah, yeah sure. absolutely no doubt about it this might even crack and i'm saying might because i haven't really taken stock but it might crack like my top 10 all time it's it's great wow i mean wow. maybe i don't know it's good it is very it good. is very good um i was trying to think you know i, I don't know if I'll, this is a nitpick i've maybe one or two and it's they're mild but it's like you know we'll, we'll talk about that when you finish the show i will say admittedly i think by the end and this is a strength and maybe a slight weakness of the show i don't know if by the end i was able to keep track of the many many plot mechanics the show has at work <laughs> like yeah we've said more than once like one thing that they're amazing at and consistently amazing at is like a a cliffhanger at the end of every episode but like a lot of the time like to recover from the cliffhanger the show has to educate you right we talk about show don't tell in complicated shows like Mm -hmm. heavenly delusion and neon genesis Mm -hmm. 
this is a tell then show or or show then tell like they do both but it they bounces around yeah they tell you so much though right like there's mm-hmm. the looping mechanic yeah. and then there's i mean i won't spoil anything but there's the shadow mechanics and then the shadows have their own mechanics mm-hmm. and like they can do special shit but then certain shadows can do other special shit yeah and then ushio can she's a special one so she can do even other like it's like yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's dizzying um it was at dizzying. times so i i do think they like i'm trying trying to think of other shows that had this many the only one i can think of i think is death note um hmm. interesting it's similar like not similar in premise or anything but like the death note i think you've never seen death note right no but no, it is pretty straightforward like it's like the death note has rules to be used but like how you can interpret those rules then becomes like a point of the plot mm. how can you manipulate it and, and stuff like that. And there's a lot of this in summertime rendering. But, uh, so yeah, I think that was like maybe one of the things. It's like by the end, I was like, okay, I'm, I think I have 90% of it. But I know for a fact, or maybe 80%, like one, this show is worth a re- rewatch. And two, probably more important, importantly, you're definitely going to get more out of the second viewing. Like it's absolutely mm. one of those shows where you're going to be like, oh, like you're going to pick up all these little eggs that they're leaving or all these little Easter eggs that are leaving around for you. So anyway, um, strong ending, ultimately. Mm. Not perfect, but like very, very strong. Um, I don't know, man. I'm excited for you to finish. Yeah, we are too. And it was, uh, summertime rendering was 100, for us, was 100% a casualty of, oh shit, there's like this, you know, out of nowhere spring season. Like we got Heavenly Delusion, we got, you know, mm-hmm. this, we got that. And it was just, you know, there's there just too much. But, uh, and like, we were at that point where, you know, it's funny, you're saying like, you know, the... If someone says, "Oh, like what was you know?" I love that cliffhanger. It's like, which one? Uh, the one like at episode eight or episode ten? Mm-hmm. What about yeah. the one at eleven? Or what about what about fourteen, twelve? Oh, it was the one at thirteen. You like, right? You know, it's just like there's just so there was so much, but it just kept you wanting more and more and more. But again, it was mechanic upon mechanic upon mechanic, and but it was like you know semi gracefully. But yeah, no, we're we're really really looking forward to get back into that. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, well, actually, it's a good good segue because it's on. I, have a list right now i'm not watching other than any new seasonal stuff i'm not watching any new shows legacy shows anything you know more modern until i get through my backlog Mm. and on the backlog it's summertime rendering but i gotta watch that with leanna but on my solo time uh dave i started and finished uh this week godzilla singular point oh you Um, finished netflix joint i finished i when i saw you this weekend i had uh, five episodes left and uh, you know, came home, you know, kind of chill, dummy dum, and uh, took actually I ended up watching like two a day, so there was they, they were spread. I finished this morning, uh, a little uh, you know, for first thing in the morning, a little bit of coffee and anime. Weird, but dude. Uh, d- <laughs> that's that's how I be. Uh, Dave, this was a very very cool show. I mean, we had talked about it like this week in a bit, and this is not one of the ones that I, I think you should you know r- rush out and and watch it because. Um, just, I just don't think that'll happen, but it was a very interesting show. And I had told you, this is like a seven out of 10, like there's no and ifs or buts. Like, you know, it's not, it's not, didn't blow my mind. It it was not underwhelming at any point either. Um, it just a very cool show. So it's a studio bones, Mm. uh, which is my hero who we like, you know, they have up and down track record. Some of our favorites, some of our not so much, uh, but it's a cross, it's a, it's a joint, with Studio Orange, who did Trigon Stampede. Yes. So there's a lot of heavily 3D animated stuff. So all the kaijus and all the gods, like the, you know, the historical Toho creatures, they're all 3D. Um, and then all the human stuff in the world is all 2D animation. And it's interesting because, you know, I wonder if this was like their main thing before they got it, they were making Trigon, or there could, there could be multiple teams, I don't know. But, like, around, there's a lot of, like, you know, sometimes the 3D animation would look great. Sometimes it would look just straight up awful. Um, but, again, I've watched, you know, I'm a big fan of the Godzilla stuff. There's, you know, growing up, we watched a lot of those movies. And so, like, I'm very familiar with the tones and, mm. the, you know, the, 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 the just the stories they try to tell. And it felt very new. It felt very modern. It felt very, very anime. <laughs> but, like, grounded in its own way. It's like a near future kind of timeline. Um, just a really, really fun show. In, I, I saw I saw a review on Reddit, and the word that I saw it was perfect, 
just way too much techno babble, like just nonsensical. Mm. Like, you know, they're, they're dealing with time and alternate futures, and like, you know, there's like super super calculators and like the orogonal, you know, like it's just it's 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 a lot, but it's really cool because it's just the whole world and all the main characters are all just trying to solve this mystery, and you can see everyone kind of coming along, um, just like slowly figuring it out together and. Who's kind of good? There's no like straight up like one bad person, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just all like the whole world just kind of how do we like survive Godzilla here? And the Godzilla's not even like a main character. He doesn't show up till like halfway through hmm. and like slowly. It's it's a very 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 um, strange show, but it has such a unique style. Without like, it wouldn't like put anyone off. Like it still looks like a pretty standard anime, but their usages of color are very different, and the animation, like I said, the 3D stuff blended with the 2D. Is like a you know like a mixed bag. It's like a you know like an eighty twenty. Some of it's just like sure. goofy, but but some of it's like oh it really blends really well. And they actually like there's moments where it felt like it was like straight at Jurassic Park. Like oh yeah, I would be scared of like this thing kind of coming at me. Like you know it's it's kind of horror and terror is kind of hard in anime. Mm-hmm. I find like it's kind of the uncanny valley. But there's a couple moments of like I bet you that would be intense. Like I can see why everyone's like scrambling to get inside a bus, like to get away from like you know like a like a di- essentially a dinosaur or whatever. But it was uh, I don't know. It was a really fun show. Um, again, it's on Netflix. If anyone's looking for just something different, like a fun weekend watch, I was, there. Uh, I was about to say, it sounds like you're describing like a really fun, like a solid weekend watch. Like stay, you know, having a little stay at home mm-hmm. weekend kind of thing, rainy outside or whatever it is. You could probably inhale this in a couple days and have a good time. Oh yeah, they do fun stuff with AI, and that's like a big part of it. Like you know, like because you know, again, it's like a near future kind of thing. It's not like completely uh current times but uh you know like there's mechs and you know the quirky anime characters that like somehow don't fit in the world but it's like that's anime throw them in there kind of thing it also it sounds like an obvious watch if you're like like you said like you're a godzilla fan right yeah like it's cool to see pieces of ip that you know like in a new form like a you know i'm considering like i'll probably end up checking out at least that uh suicide squad anime because it's a fresh take you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or you know like cyberpunk the anime arcane it's like yeah what you know it's a new take why not check it out yeah dude cool um okay i think that about wraps it up for this weekend or this week grant yeah nailed it uh one thing i we forgot to mention i'm sure future dave slash past dave will mention it in the intro but obviously it's august 1st no evangelion podcast yet (laughs) i mean first of all don't be surprised. We said we would do them like a year ago, and we only <laughs> committed to actually doing them this summer, okay? So if the deadline was August, July, we're now going to say, or July, August, we're now going to say like August, September, okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to get them done. We, we've each finished two of the movies, yep. um, and we've obviously seen you know the TV show and EOE and all that, so we're still going to, we're still committed to doing two podcast episodes for them. Um, we're, we were talking about the order, maybe debating how that goes, but we're going to finish the movies, we'll record a podcast, and uh, they will be out. But, like, it's definitely something that we don't want to half-ass. I don't want to, like, come mm-hmm. out with a episode being like, yeah, it was good. Um, anyway, like, it's like a huge... That's Shinji. <laughs> yeah, Shinji. Sad boys, huh? It's like, not like... I really, really, really... The anime was really special to me. I loved it so much. We want to give it the attention that it's due. So thank you for your patience. We've had real life stuff. Grant had a kid. I got a blister on my foot. You know what I mean? It's been a traumatic time. Um, Okay, shouts out to the comic book shop on Bank Street for their continued support of the show. Go check them out. We will see you next week. Grant, go ahead. Say the thing. Bye, guys. Cheers.